Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Always lovely to have Wendy Nola with us in studio. And uh, we've got a whole bag of motoring issues today. Just a reminder that after 1.30, we'll head into open line territory. And if you want to participate, you can call us on 021-446-0567. Send an SMS to 31567 or leave a voice note on 072-567-1567. Turn the keys. Let's start the ignition. Wendy, great to have you with us today. <laughs> Thanks, Pippa. So it's, it's motoring, but a little bit different from the usual Abortacan car and it's gone horribly wrong kind of scenario these are sort of a little bit of a departure from the norm so from uh, motor manufacturers recall to replace components which could lead to potentially fatal malfunctions to the latest on move to put an end to motor manufacturers forcing motorists to have their car serviced at their partner dealerships to tips on how to avoid being ripped off by an unscrupulous tow truck operator if you're involved in an accident which was um, sparked by something that was left on our Facebook page. So <laughs> what got me thinking about recalls was a tweet about a UK newspaper's report, I think it was the Daily Mail, on a BMW recall. It's an international recall for an exhaust gas reticula- recirculation valve leak in, e- in diesel engine models. It was done at the end of last year. And this UK report was about how uh, many of the 268,000 owners in that country were fuming because they'd been left without their cars for up to two months because BMW um, was reportedly battling to obtain the replacement parts quickly enough. When I read the story, I had to laugh because they all had courtesy cars or rental cars, but they so were still moaning because it about? wasn't their yeah. own car. But I mean, in this country, they would be considered, you yeah, know, in the wind and go and take an Uber. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway, um, so... 1.6 million of these um, diesel BMWs are affected worldwide. And uh, an um, attorney uh, on Twitter then um, tagged me and said, any experience in South Africa, Wendy Nola? Um, so I asked BMW South Africa, and spokesman Edward McQuana said, 2,864 vehicles are affected in South Africa uh, since we um, expanded what they're calling it a technical campaign. Hmm. At the end of last year, manufacturers will avoid the word recall at all costs. Yeah. He says, we have serviced 50 vehicles. So that's 50 of 2,864. not very many. Not very many. Um, we are continuing to contact all other customers with vehicles involved in this technical campaign. Um, the affected vehicles are four- and six-cylinder BMW diesel engines but produced between 2010 August 2010 and August 2017 okay so <laughs> okay so let's just talk about this because 50 out of 2864 is a low number particularly that this is a potentially fatal um well is it fatal incident i mean the recall is linked to to something that could in extreme scenarios they say combined with soot at high temperatures mm. and cause a fire to break out. Exactly. Well, that is potentially fatal. Yeah. Anything involving a fire. I mean, you'd think in a country where Ford Cougars were catching fire <laughs> at a frightening rate and being captured on social media and in traditional media all over the place, you'd think motorists wouldn't be complacent about something that involves um, potential a fire-related fire yeah. recall. But um, yeah, and it's free. I mean, small inconvenience. You've got to take your car and you will be given, I'm pretty sure, replacement wheels. Um um, Makwana does, uh, was it pains to point out to me that there have been no incidents of this in South Africa. And I think that's part of it, out of sight, out of mind. And it's that whole, it won't happen to me mentality. That's, yeah. that's very human, but quite short sighted. Um, there's another far bigger recall, which South Africans have been shockingly slow to respond to. And I've been trying to flog this horse for a while because it, 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 
it bothers me deeply. So vehicles made by 19 different manufacturers were recalled worldwide in 2015. This is four years ago to replace their potentially deadly Takata airbags. This yeah. is a massive Mine story. Mine was one of them. Japanese, the Japanese um, company has been prosecuted. It's been massive. And there have been um, deaths between um, – oh, sorry. The, the airbags were installed between 2002 and 2015. That's a lot of cars, a lot of manufacturers. And today, 23 people have been killed. 23 people killed by an airbag um, around the world and 300 injured, right? So what happens is the airbags inflate a housing ruptures in a crash and metal shards from the airbag can be sprayed throughout the passenger cabin. So it's not just a risk to the to driver, the driver. The passengers as well. And yeah. you can imagine if you're impaled by one of those, you could, in the wrong place, you could be, you, you could, could be killed as yeah. those 23 yeah. people did and then many others were just quite badly um, injured. So in South Africa, the recall applies to hundreds of thousands of cars across seven manufacturers, BMW, Honda, Mazda, Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi Nissan, Subaru and Toyota. Um, and um, it's literally from the 2000 Nissan X-Trail up to the 2014 Honda Accord. No cases in South Africa uh, of, the, yet. of the airbag exploding. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, and that, again, as in the BMW case, could be part of the reason why the response rate has been pretty dismal. Listen to this, Pippa. Of the 730,000 affected Toyotas in South Africa, 730,000, obviously that's, the biggest, that's going to be the yeah. biggest number, 44% have responded. I checked this number yesterday. That's less than half since um, this thing started four years ago. Right? So in four years, fewer than half the people affected have taken the time to take their car in and have the replacement yeah. done. So there are 400,000 of these older oh. Toyotas that are potentially, you know, when an accident, the thing, you know, deploys or fires, as they say. And and the older they get, the bigger, the more the bigger at risk, the risk this is. Okay, so Toyota. I mean, no manufacturer wants this to happen, even though it's not their fault. It's the Takata airbag. I mean, the way it plays out is a Toyota. Somebody got killed in a Toyota or badly injured, rather, because this thing fired, right? Um, they have gone to extraordinary lengths to get the word out. They have, even at, at peak times, Easter, Christmas, they go to the major fuel stations on the, on the big routes and they check um, uh, discs on windscreens of these cars just to try and say, hey, you know, please get this done. And yest- uh, just yesterday, this spokesman Zor told me that when they call center people phone and get these people, because obviously with the older cars, it could be third, fourth, fifth owner, and they, they yes. doggedly track this down. And 30% of people called, of those Toyota owners, we're only speaking about Toyota, say, no, thanks, I'm fine with the airbag. I just can't. Just and it's a free. Yeah. It's, again, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. But I'll rather take the risk because, you know, it's, what's the chances of it happening to me? And nobody knows anyone this has happened to. Um, so we'll just carry on. Honda, you drive a Honda, yep. Pippa. Only 48% of its 145 um, affected models made between 2001 and 2014 have had their defective airbags replaced. I'm glad that you're in that Well, I've percentage. done it twice. So interestingly, uh, the oh. first one, I got a letter in the mail, registered person, in fact, saying you, you need to have it done. And that was for the front airbag. And then um, about two years later, oh, really? I got called I for the side airbags. Okay. Uh, so I've had to take it in twice. Um, it it was a slightly painful process in terms of just inconvenience and the time and there was a problem getting the parts when I tried to take it in for the second okay. second one. But ultimately it's been done and, and it's done at their cost mind. and I have peace of mind that the yeah, car is safe for me do? and my kids. Mazda's response rate even lower, less than 10% when I checked on them um, last year. And, and Mazda said to me, we firmly believe that the seriousness of this recall is not completely understood and appreciated by the South African 
motorist. And, and you know, as I said, the risk is increasing all the time. The older the airbag, the greater the risk. And heat and humidity also increase the risk. I wonder if we have any parts of South Africa that has heat and humidity. I mean, you know. <laughs> Says the lady from Durban. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so last August, and I was actually sending these pictures through to Amy, our producer, see if we can put them up. I found pictures. 32-year-old Tiago Ferreira of Brazil. Um, so it's not even a year ago, was driving his 2007 Honda Civic to work when he rear-ended another car, causing his airbag to explode and sending a piece of shrapnel into his chest. He survived, but a witness described the wound as looking like a military injury caused by a firearm projectile. Sure. Okay, so I think sad, sad to say it's going to take an incident like that to end the apathy about this issue in South Africa, and I'm just trying to... Really? Yeah. So let's just re-emphasize there. If you have received a note in the post or a phone call from a dealership saying your car has a potential airbag problem, don't just ignore it. Don't leave it for later. You are driving something that could have potentially fatal consequences. And I I have huge sympathy for the manufacturers because this will not, this will be not good for them if it happens as well. They're trying to do the right thing. No. Yeah. Somebody WhatsApping to say, how do I find out if my BMW is on the list of those, the BMWs of Affected by that uh, valve leak okay, issue. Okay, this, this this new one. Um, they are um, act proactively, obviously, getting hold of everyone affected. But uh, if you go onto their website, I'm pretty sure they would have posted something about the recall by now. As is the case with the Takata um, recall, all the manufacturers affected. If you go onto their website, there is something yeah. on there. It tells you how to do it. Otherwise. Um, cool. Phone your nearest dealership. They'll definitely know about it, and um, they'll want your VIN number, and they can check yeah. if if you're part of the recall. Well, I, I will say this: I got a third notice in the post the other day, and I thought, oh no, not again. Yeah. And I phoned Honda Claremont, and within five minutes, they were fantastic. They took the detail, just took my car registration, and said, "We'll yes. get back to you." Registration or VIN number. Phoned me back three minutes later to say it's fine. You're up to date. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. So yeah. just just pick up your phone and call your local dealer to that BMW driver uh, is is the simplest answer. Okay, so thank you, Wendy, for. I think a word of warning that is needed and uh, maybe needed repeatedly given those very low rates of response. Let's move on from the issue of recalls to the issue of the right to repair. Okay, so South Africa is preparing, it's quite a biggie, for the implementation of an automotive industry code that supports the right to repair, R2R, which will give consumers the option of going to an independent Repairer. Currently, technical safety and software solutions prevent repairs from being performed at anywhere other than the approved forms or bodies. So those are normally the dealerships that are aligned to the, to the manufacturers. And uh, we have someone that's going to talk to us about this. We do indeed. Gunter Schmitz is on the line with us from Germany, although he is the Right to Repair South Africa chairman. They're a Section 21 company. Gunter, thanks so much uh, for joining us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Hello, Pippa. Hello, Wendy. Hello, Gunther. Gunther, is there... Germany at the moment, it's nice and cold here. Okay, <laughs> lucky you. Is there any precedent for this in other parts of the world, Gunther? Has any other country put this to the test and won the fight for the right to repair? Yes, there is. Actually, in the US, it's been... Um, um, part of it has been legislation since the 70s. Um, actually, not just in the motor industry, but also in other industries that... If you know, if you buy a product, it's your right to have it serviced or um, to work on it, and the manufacturer can't just void the warranty on it just because um, you dare to have it um, um, touched by somebody that's not approved by him. Um, in the European Union, that the so-called block exemption regulation, which came out in 2002, um, which was the first step, and then they renewed that and changed it slightly in 2010, um, where basically the manufacturers are obliged to provide technical information. 
um, um, access to software to independent uh, repairers and also where um, the manufacturers can't just void the warranty because mm. um, you know you had your brake pads replaced by an independent repairer they can't just say oh but sorry your engine failed but we don't cover it under warranty because you took it for a brake pad replacement to somebody else which has been happening so that's okay. been around for for quite a while in other parts of the world now how substantial is the pressure to get it changed here in south africa i mean the fact that right to repair sa exists tells me the pressure's mounting gunter Yes, I believe it was right repair was started by MIBA, the Independent Workshop Association, um, but also being supported by other workshop associations like the um, African Pendabitis Motor Mechanics Association, by the um, uh, past suppliers, by past manufacturers. Um, because what we're seeing is that the manufacturers tend to extend their warranties. You know, we used to have two, two years warranty now, manufacturers are moving up to seven years warranty, and thereby basically locking the consumer in for seven years. Um, to take yeah. the car to yeah. their dealerships. So let's talk about what's in it for for the consumer, Gunter. It, it, it's it's the ability to choose and not have to be tied into that particular manufacturer, as you say, for seven years. Uh, can you expand on that? I mean, why should consumers be be supporting the push for the right to repair? Yeah. It's exactly, I think it's the, the main topic is the, the option to choose. And um, as we know, and also that was the outcome in, in Europe, that it extends the studies on that, if there's more competition, then um, the prices will go down and the, the service quality will improve. Um, that's just the nature of having more competition. Um, um, so that's the big advantage for the consumer. And um, if you take, for example, somebody driving a Citroen living in a remote rural town, at the moment he would have to go to Cape Town yeah. or Joburg um, to have it serviced there. Um, while in future he can actually have it serviced, have the brake pads replaced at um, at the local workshop, even if it's still under warranty. So that's a big advantage for the consumers. Mm. Um, the topic that's often being raised by the, the OEMs and the dealerships is the topic of quality and risk, that the quality might not be there. Um, but I think the important thing is in the current code, um, just giving the consumer the choice. Um, obviously, the, the responsibility lies with the consumer to choose a reliable workshop to say, okay, I trust these people. I'm not. I'm going to make sure that it's somebody who's got a um, who can carry reliability if they make a mistake. Um, it's, it's, nothing changes to the current legislation when it comes to liability. Um, it's just giving the consumer the option to choose. And and practically, Gunter, in terms of allowing this information um, the software and the, the training tips and all, uh, uh, the servicing tips and all of that um, is there something built into the code that would re- require the independent workshops to actually pay for this information or is it the case that um, it's expected of the OEMs and the dealerships to just hand it over well no the current code says that uh, they, the manufacturers can obviously um, charge reasonable prices um, for training. You know, nobody expects them to do training for free. Um, I don't think that would be reasonable, but but also their pricing has to be reasonable, so they cannot um, have a where they make it um, unaffordable for the independent workshops to have access to that information. Yeah, because that um, would make the whole thing... At the moment, thing, I must say, a lot of the information yeah. is available because of the because of overseas, because it's information from Europe. Yes. Um, and as you know, most of the cars are the same as in Europe. Um, but we're having more and more problems with the um, with software cards, which are vehicle-specific, 
which are available in Europe for the European cars, but not in South Africa uh, for the South African cars, right. even though it's exactly the same model. So, so where are we on a timeline with this, Gunter? When, when, when is everything going to come to a head on this issue? The Competition Commission have published their what they call the final draft code, um, where, um, and the deadline for the final submission was last year in September. Um, so we're basically waiting for them to, you know, publish it. Um, I think it should happen. Um, it should happen soon, but it's, you know, with that type of process, now we really know. <laughs> you want a soon waiting out. game? Yeah. Yeah. I know the, yeah, they're working very hard on it, but um, um, obviously they have to take different. Um, Opinions and suggestions into account, um, but hopefully yeah, we see something being published in the next three months. Gunter Schmitz, Brilliant. thank you for chatting to us. Right to Repair Essays Chairman speaking to us there uh, from Germany. And I know, Wendy, we've got contact details for the Right to Repair campaign. Yes. We're going to publish those on the website and uh, on the blog that goes with this show. So uh, if you're looking for more information, please do go and check that out after the show today. After the Half Past One news headlines, um, I can hear people already starting to curse the vultures in their cars, Wendy. As I say <laughs> the words, we're going to talk about tow truck drivers. Cave Talk. Consumer Talk. You can call us now on 021-446-0567. I shudder to think about some of the case studies we're going to hear from you, Wendy. But I mean, I could literally just reel them off the top of my head right now. Probably for, for hours on end. Yeah, yeah. sadly. So, but let's, let's not uh, get let's not lost in cyberspace. Let's just come back to, to the car issues. We're still yes. going to talk tow truck drivers. A uh, couple of interesting comments from people on the recall issue. Uh, Jane WhatsApping to say, I also have a Honda Jazz. And like Pippa, I've taken my car in twice and also had that third call as well. Peace okay. of mind, 100%. I'm astonished that people are so apathetic when Honda has been so vigorous and diligent. It is mind-boggling. All of them, actually. Yeah. All of the manufacturers, they're desperately trying to get to all these people. And I don't think any of them has reached more than 50% in four years. Which it's is scary. And, and as, as Jane say, says, mind-boggling. It is. And it's the brand damage is to them, not to Takata. Yes. I mean, that's already... Takata's taken their poison and they yeah. are finished. But... but yeah. But, but, but. One reason for the low response, somebody says on the WhatsApp, is probably due to cars being sold and dealers not updating their records. I've had my current Toyota's airbags replaced, but I sold another earlier model Toyota that also needed the airbags replaced. And I kept being called by Toyota about that car uh, that I'd sold. Every time I gave them the contact details for the second dealer to whom I'd sold it, but it's never on Toyota's record for that car. Okay, so and I no longer so own it. So it shows me as an owner, I have been told, it still shows me as the owner that I've been told multiple times about the airbags, but okay. I'm not compliant. Well, that's just part of the reason why I try on all my various platforms to mention this issue every now yeah. and then to get, to just cater for the fact that perhaps people are not on the system, on the on, a manu- on the manufacturer's system and therefore don't know about it. Absolutely. I think we've got a voice note on the Honda recall as well. Let's just listen to that. I'm listening to your, uh, you and Wendy going on about the airbags. What's interesting is that I've had no notification. I drive a Mazda. I've had no notification and I've had my car serviced at Mazda uh, ever since I bought it back in 2010. And no one's ever bothered to say, oh, by the way, your airbags will kill you. Um, <laughs> wow. That's well, nice that's... of them. So maybe I should give them a call or how do I go about it? Yes, I would definitely suggest that. It could just be that it's not every single um, uh, model. It could be that, that his model is not part of the recall. But definitely um, all it would take was to give your registration or your VIN number um, to find out for sure. 
um, I stand to be corrected, but there's a, some of the manufacturers actually have a facility on their website where you can key in your number. It will tell you, you that like, simply. Honda so, does. I know that. Yeah. So if you don't even feel like picking up the phone, you might be able to do it on air. Mm. Um, but as you say, it's not every single model produced every, by these manufacturers. No. So, so let's yeah. hope. Uh, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that that person's car was not affected. But please, yeah, I think it's let worth making Let us know either way. It's nice, yeah. be nice for me to know because I am tracking this this um, story and I think it's going to be a few more years in the making and let's hope we don't. Well, in a way, it will be sad for that person, but there will be no trouble then dealing with awareness after that. Because if it happens if to one person, a, everybody will yes, be alerted. Yeah, yes. But you don't want to have no. that kind of example. Yeah, Let's go to the lines. Dean has given us a call on the airbag issue. Dean, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Papa. Hi, man. I'd like to just check if you take your car in for a normal service, you know, to your dealer, if you're still servicing with a dealer, would they automatically sort out this airbag thing or is it something that has to run separately? I'd like to think that they would since the car is there and it's a, it's a recall that's been ongoing for a number of years and they have, um, you know, some of the, most of the manufacturers, all of them actually have relatively low response rates. It's, it's an, an obvious thing for them to do, but whether it is, you know, it's not a brand new recall. You might get someone on the day who just doesn't think of doing it. So I think it's a good idea to be proactive about it and say, look, you know, my car's a little older and please just check that it's, that I don't need to have the airbag replaced. And also maybe do that before you take your car in and then you get it done at the same time so you don't have to relinquish your car a second time for the recall. I think that makes sense. It might just be useful feedback for the for the manufacturers if they if they do find that they're battling to get people to respond to just say, well, you know, just a bit of proactivity from their side that if guys are still servicing with them to almost include it automatically yeah. in the Service. I think I think mm. it's very valid, but I, I think that um, in a lot of cases, um, you know, this ties into the right to repair story. As soon as the vehicle is out of warranty, uh, a lot of people will find ways of getting the car um, serviced elsewhere because it's cheaper. Yeah. So um, and then you know those dealerships aren't able to reach them. But it's a good point, Dean. And if you are taking your car in for a service, it's definitely worth worth asking the question and asking if it yeah. does need to be done. Can it be done at the it's same time? Absolutely. Done. They just have to check your, your good reminder car's details okay now wendy the, right. the vultures the tow truck drivers they've, they've got a bad reputation and they've got a bad reputation because there are a lot of very unscrupulous ones out there who've justifiably earned that bad Absolutely. reputation and but you have encountered one or two who've, who've yes, who are not in the but, same class well mostly i hear about the bad ones because people don't write to me generally about their good experiences that they write to me when there's been a problem but i remember when i was covering the cougar fire story quite intensely and I was speaking to every victim as they happened um, and as, as it happened to them. And I remember this one woman um, was with her daughter on a, on a Joburg freeway when her engine caught fire and um, she had pulled over too close to the chicane for, the, um, for her daughter to be able to open the door and there was a bit of panic and trying to Get out the car. Yeah, and yeah. the tow truck um, driver on the other side of the road spotted this, came over, and actually pulled the child out of the car. Wow. Um, and, and there's a lot of that that goes on, the good guys that, that really see themselves as a force for good on the roads and, and help out wherever they can. So whenever I talk about tow truck operators, I really do want to stress that because it's terribly unfair to tarnish them all, all especially yeah. when – and I've been helped out by some marvelous ones personally. So 
So I really want to stress that it's not an entire industry, but there is an element of the industry which is very um, unpleasant indeed mm. and are, you know, terribly unscrupulous. Um, so the common things that I get is um, they trick people into relinquishing their cars. They'll say, you know, you, we're, we're at our worst. We're, in a, we're, we're shocked. Even if you're not injured, it's a shocking thing to have an accident. Yeah. And so they'll say, Let, let's help. We had to help. Uh, on the scene quickly, um, what is your, who you're insured with? And you, you say, first for women, my way, insurance, whatever, yeah. Santam. And, um, they say, okay, we're just going to phone through and they're phoning a mate somewhere and they go, oh, yes, okay, right now we're authorized to take the car, which is the wrong thing to do. You must always have your own, um, insurance, your, their, their emergency hotline in your phone. That's going to get to the tips in a bit, a bit later. So that's yeah. a very common tactic that comes up over and over again. And then you don't look at the paperwork properly. You don't ask them what the tow is going to cost. They take the car. You're not even sure where the car's gone. Mm. Um, and the next you hear, they don't actually want you to find out too quickly because they charge a daily storage fee. So by the time you found out, many people, um, where the car is and what you owe, it, it could be over 10,000 rand. And then it, the daily rate adds to that. And I know of many cases where people have lost their cars because they just cannot afford it. And every day that goes by, they can afford it less. And, that and I think that is up. the end game, actually, for many of these, the, the worst of the worst, um, is that this is how they actually just literally hijack people's cars. Okay, so given that, and again, so we know it's not everyone, but we do know also so that the unscrupulous ones are certainly In every out there. city, yes. So what can we do to, to protect ourselves? Let's start with if you are insured, Wendy, and you've already alluded to the fact you should save your insurance company's accident, accident hotline yes. number on your phone so that you don't have that it's, moment of when you stress you I just do? find it in a place where you will know you would find it easily um uh, save it under accident save it under insurance save it under crash hotline whatever would work for you my insurer gave us a sticker which is literally stuck to my windscreen okay um, a lot of a lot of front do. and back yeah. yeah but if you've changed insurers you might have the old sticker on your <laughs> that's on a your, good point make uh, sure that's up to i advise people to shop around and and change yeah. if if um not to stick with the same one as I did and be horribly overcharged year after year. Um, if you're not insured, you are much more fair game. My advice would be to program one or both of South Africa's towing associations into your cell phone um, and phone them from the scene of an accident. They'll give you guidance and, and details about their members. Accredited and then members, you have Accredited yeah. members, and then you have some form of um, help and recourse if um, you know, you're know you not treated right. They yeah. will definitely um, wade in. So they are the United Towing Association of South Africa, UTASA, and the South African Towing and Recovery Association. Um, and they, I will put their details up. And just to have those, if you're not insured, as many people in this economy are going to. Yeah, it's one of the things people have let go. They've yeah. let go. Yeah. I've, got a, I've got a press release just today from a, an insurance company saying, rather please um, negotiate with your insurer about increasing your excess. So yes, if you have an accident, you've got to pay a lot more, but it will reduce your monthly premium as a way of, of you know, anything but to cancel altogether or else just get, um, as if, you, if you have an older car, get um, third party insurance. So if you bash into a Porsche, at you least know, that is covered. The insurer would pay for them, yeah. So, okay. so, uh, so much to be said on the, on the issue of insurance. But yes, if you're not insured and you have gone that route of not insurance, and I think something like, um, 70% of the cars on the road aren't, aren't. Mm. 65 to 70%, um, please put one or both of those associations into your, um, 
into your cell phone. Never, ever, ever let an insurance, let a, a, a tow truck driver or his assistant um, phone, in inverted commas, helpfully uh, your insurer on your behalf or even one of these tow truck um, companies. Don't, it's not help. It's taking your power away and you're going to get ripped off in you some way. You need to make that call. Make that call phone or, your or somebody you're with. It's always helpful if you're not alone in an accident because then there are two stressed brains working together instead yeah. of one. Um, yeah. Okay, we've got somebody on the line wanting to talk about this. I've also got a WhatsApp from someone saying my brother had to pay 5,000 Rand for two days of storage. There you go. Okay. And sorry, if you, if you let them take your car and it's not, and you are insured and they, they're not an accredited tower, then you will, they, you, the insurer might pay for your, well, they will pay for your accident, hopefully, or your, your damn, your repair, but they won't pay for the tow and it can be very pricey. Okay. Yeah. We must also talk about what you sign and ask to yes. see on the scene. But before that, let's say hello to Stuart on the line from the CBD. Good afternoon, Stuart. Hi. Uh, the, the best piece of advice I've got I'm in, as an insurance broker is if you are ever in doubt, you uh, arrange that the vehicle is taken to your house. That's, I'm getting there. <laughs> take you and your vehicle to your house at an agreed price beforehand, no matter what condition the vehicle's in, and then you arrange that... When you've stabilized, they will do another tow to the vehicle repair center of your choice. So you don't have to make the decision in the moment. That's actually very good advice. It, it's the best. Mm. I promise you, it's really it's the best advice. You'll never go wrong if that happens. Stuart, thank you so much. Except, you, yes. sorry, if you're far from home, that could be really, really pricey. That could be worse if they take it. Even, even then, even, even then, the vehicle's got to go somewhere. If, 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 you're far, if you are far from home, I, I, I mean hundreds of Ks, then, then you agree that it's taken to the nearest service station and left there. Okay. Stuart, thanks. That Thank is you. actually very helpful practical advice because then you don't have that. Uh, as you said, Wendy, you see your car being taken off. Who knows where, who knows where? Uh, for who knows how long, at what expense to get no, it out of that just, yard. It then it's, becomes they hold it to ransom. Yeah. Now let's talk about the, the what you need to get in writing because this is part of the thing. You, the, the worst scenario is you haven't phoned your insurance company. Uh, somebody has hooked up your vehicle and driven away with it. You've got no idea where it's going. You've got no idea how much you're going to be charged for that service and you left standing. Yeah, there are the some things you can do to protect yourself against that. So okay. one of them is firstly to phone your insurer and say, "This is what has happened. Who can I get to tow my vehicle?" Absolutely. And if listen, you want them yeah, to pay for yeah. it, um, the so second then, thing is before you consent to your car being towed, and you need to consent by signing a form. So I mean, and it's with a lot of these unscrupulous ones that the terms and conditions are tiny, and it's, if it happens at night, the accident. I mean, it's really. Them. But we have torches on our cell phones, so read everything. But find out where the, where the car is being towed to. As Stuart says, um, insisting that they tow it to your own home is a very good piece of advice because then it can't be taken to some storage um, yard, who knows where and under what sort of conditions. Mm. And, and it could cost? take you at what cost and it could take you days to find out at which state, by which stage you're paying huge storage fees. Um, so get the exact address or nominate your own home address. Find out what the rate per kilometer is and that must be noted on the documentation and what the admin security and daily storage storage fees are those are normally astronomic complete ripoff so you need to know what those are and if you're taking so that's the advantage of saying it must go to your own home is you don't have to worry about any of that make sure all of that is noted on the form that, that you sign and getting take a photograph of it so that you know exactly what you've signed i'll give you a copy but take a photograph 
Never sign a blank towing form. I can't tell you how many people do that, Pippa. And Oof. I understand they're, 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 suffer- they're shocked in a state of shock. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, make sure that you stipulate on the form where the car must be towed to. Check out the cost of the per kilometer. Um, never put your signature above the terms and conditions on the form. Many companies state this on their forms. By signature here to you agree to the terms and conditions on the reverse here of, which you haven't read. So yeah. be very careful of that. Um, I get that. that. That's probably one of the most common things I get. People just not did not read the back of the form. It's normally in tiny writing and quite pale, really, really not consumer friendly. And yeah, I mean, a typical example of a bill would be towing rates, 4,000, storage rate, storage fee of 250 a day, recovery, 2,300, admin, 950, security, Ooh. 950. That is an average complaint that I get. So you're and looking at thousands. Yeah, before, yeah. And that's day one before you've tried, you know, every day those fees are going to to mount. There should also be a checklist of what is in the car, such as a spare wheel. Obviously, take out all other um, valuables that you have and get all the tow truck companies' details before they disappear with the car, your car, full name of the driver, the the physical address, their land line, and take a photo. Got it. Take lots of photos and of the car. You know, just over document. I know it's a big ask when you're feeling traumatized. But can um, you take a photo of the driver? Well, of the I would truck? do that. Absolutely. Why not? I mean, we get sent um, photos of our Uber drivers. I mean, mm. just protect yourself. So many people are just left at the scene. Off goes the car and they've really got very little to show who's got their car and where's the, where the car is going and what it's going to cost them to retrieve to the back. car. And I see that this is, a, it happens, it's happening probably as we speak yeah. to somebody somewhere. Well, Adolf and Elsie's River SMSing to say we lost a car through a there tow truck go. driver and the unpleasantness that ensued was ghastly. Lee My tells sympathies. me I was given a card from a towing company who was giving his card to the security vehicles offering 500 rand for any vehicle taken to their premises. There you go. So there's all kinds of bribery it's, and, uh, and it's and a nasty business. Yeah. Some quarters of that industry, and we need to just protect ourselves from it, and to make sure that we land up in the hands of the good guys. Because the good and guys that are our, out there, and yeah. that our cars ideally go to our home first. While we negotiate, what's going to, who's going to repair it? What, you know, where our um, insurer want us to send the car because it's going to go to, it's going to be at, uplifted from their yard anyway, the towing company. So it might as well be uplifted from, from our your own yard. home. Yeah. Yes. Clive's on the line from Durbanville with a question, Clive. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. I'd just like to know uh, what is the role of the Automobile Association if you're involved in an accident? Because once before I broke down the other side of Leo Hamka in the middle of the Karoo, and I phoned the AA and they sent a tow truck from the nearest garage. Yes. And uh, do they do that in built up areas if, in the case of an accident, yes. not a breakdown? Yes, they will. Um, you have to be a member, obviously. Yes, and yes, some of, of the memberships, um, like, for yes. example, um, my father has free AA membership because of his age. And um, he's been a member for more than 50 years. And um, Well, I'm on 40 years. Oh, there you are. You're another 10 <laughs> yeah. to go. It'll be free. But the, but when you're on the free membership, it doesn't include the free toe. The, the toe. free toe. Oh, yeah. so there's a catch. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, I didn't know that because I've just converted because I'm over 60. Okay. I've just they said they would give me discount. Okay, just check that 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 toe is still there in the event of an of an accident. 
Clav. Okay. Okay, Clive. so they do come out in the event of an accident. Oh, there you go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. so Cl- Clive and Dimple, So you have um, your, their number in your phone, and they're the ones to phone if you're in an accident. Also nice to hear from somebody on the WhatsApp that apparently Old Mutual Insure last year sent out an app for all emergency services you might need in this kind of situation, which has been very helpful to this person. Wonderfully. Innovative. Really, yes. You know, I, and I'm sitting here, I'm as guilty of this as the next person, Wendy, that a lot of the stuff that comes from my insurer, I just kind of go, I'll read that when I've got time and I never get to it. I'm sure that there are services like that and apps like that that most With of the major insurers, insurers do yes. have now. So it is worth asking and reading and just making that one phone call to say. Yeah, um, whether it's a breakdown or an accident. I used my insurers yeah. when my, my husband was driving. Car broke down on the N3. I made the call. I get free two, uh, two free toes a year. They sent a flatbed. And um, in a good time and all handled and, and free of charge, I can pay my premium. But it is a very nice perk. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, it's your insurers. Are they going to be sending the right the, the right, right people that you yes. know will be But covered. what I'm saying yeah. is many people know they have that facility. They're sitting at the scene of an accident s- shocked. And, and the helpful tow truck driver says, let me phone your insurer for you. And you forget, you know, it's, it's a very, it's an easy thing to happen. Um, it's nasty, but, isn't it? but it's very nasty. Whereas your insurer would have sorted you out, um, at no charge. It would have gone to the right place. Um, yeah. So I, I just feel really strongly that so many people get taken advantage of in the hour of need. Mm. And, and, it's, and, and we had someone just phone and, and lose their cars. It's just horrifying. It's horrendous. So make the call yourself and make sure you know who you can be dealing with. Uh, Mariana on the WhatsApp saying, I had an accident in May last year. No airbag popped, <laughs> two broken ribs, all the skin of my neck and a big blue mark all along my left side from my seatbelt. Well, thank goodness you were wearing it, Mariana. The tow truck was there first, helped get me out the vehicle, called my insurance because I was too dizzy and in shock. My car was written off, but I'm fine now, and I agree there are good guys out there. So, Marianne, I'm so relieved that in your case, he they genuinely did, did phone call. your insurer yeah, and not their, not their friend sure. pretending to be but Thank you for that insurer. balance, but normally them yeah. phoning the insurance for you is, um, at the very least, if your hands are shaking and I've been in an accident that doesn't voluntarily happen, um, at least find it on your phone yourself and then let them make the call maybe, but make or press, press the little green button, button yourself. yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we've, we've been so busy with car stuff, we haven't fitted in much in the way of open line, but there is one interesting WhatsApp in from Lucy. Um, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, Wendy, but Lucy's wondering whether the sugar tax should apply to vitamins as well as to sweets and cool drinks. She says, I buy two different brands of vitamins which offer sugar and sugar-free options, and she's wondering why they're both the same price. <laughs> I think sugar is not um, the main ingredient in, in that product as it would be with your um, physical drink, drink yeah. and, and, and that. And um, there's no ways that the sugar tax is going to be applied to something as um, supposedly healthy as vitamins. I mean, they're, trying to, they're just trying to make it palatable for children, I would imagine, or Oh, I don't know, across the spectrum. But mm. um, there are, I mean, the, the, the interesting aspect of the question is that there are many products that we don't, that have a very high sugar content that we, we don't um, think about think about because it's not the main ingredient. So many savory products, you know, there's sugar in bread, there's sugar in sauces, there's sugar in 
in all sorts of things that raise the amount of sugar that we're, we're taking in every day beyond the white stuff that sits in the bowl that some of us might have with us. With your coffee tea. And tea. Coffee. Yeah. So mm. that, that, that's an interesting, the hidden sugar, I suppose. But no, it's not a sugar tax issue at all. Okay. And then, uh, anonymous on the WhatsApp line, does the Consumer Protection Act cover property? For example, a new property owners association fee has just been added to our levy statement without any consultation. Um, that's very, um, it doesn't, well, it, the CPA wouldn't apply to that situation. That increase has happened across the board because we now have an ombudsman that covers sectional title, um, properties. So that if you have a problem with your body corporate and or levy or whatever else, you have a forum that you can now go to and the industry pays for that. And that's the, that's, that's why we're all paying that extra fee. Yes. So I think in the big picture, it's um, something that we should applaud, really, because we were unprotected as um, owners and tenants um, in that scenario. So, yeah, overall, I think it's a good thing. Okay. Somebody's just responding to your comment about the signing of the terms and conditions and the tow truck, um, Wendy, saying, if I compile a rip-off contract stating I, the undersigned, hereby give all my worldly possessions to the co-signed, I could get away with it. Um, that's a no, not not exactly. Um, the Consumer Protection Act does um, have regulations that were published the same day it came out almost eight years ago that says um, terms which are um, innately unfair to the consumer um, are, are not compliant with the Act. So mm. anything that's grossly unfair, what I mean by the terms and conditions is we will charge you um, 800 red storage if, if, uh, a day. Mm. Um, our rate for the kilometers is this. Um, unless you state we will take it to our yard, all those sort of things which aren't in themselves illegal, but you just didn't realize read we're there. them. Yeah. Yes, understand them. Okay. Um, Dane in Plumstead, have we got time? Very quickly. I think it's a yes or no answer. Markham's has charged me 20 rand for a call they made to remind me to pay because I was two days late on my payment. Is that legal? It is legal if they are registered as debt collectors. So there's an act which governs and a code of conduct which governs the, um, what they can and can't charge. This doesn't apply to lawyers. Unfortunately, they do what they want. There is a move afoot to get them under this umbrella as well. But mm. yes, there are set charges which you can find online. Um, the debt collectors association of debt collectors has them. They can charge for calls and letters and everything's got to charge any contact they make with you. So if you are legitimately behind in your payments, you open yourself up to those extra costs. Okay. Good to know. Thank you so much. Uh, that's where we must wrap. Wendy, always great to have you with us. Thanks for being here. We've learned an awful <laughs> lot today. Thank you so much. A reminder that all the content goes up on the website and the social media channels after the show. So if you want to go and revisit and read or re-listen to the podcast, you will find it all there. And if you have a, a case you'd like to put to Wendy, uh, all you need to do is send an email to consumer at nola.com, uh, .co.za, sorry. <laughs> K-N-O-W-L-E-R, consumer at nola.co.za, or contact her via her Facebook page, Wendy Nola Consumer. We'll chat again next week. Will do, Pippa. Thanks.